0: Anyway, the police pull up moments later, and I flag them down, and they come talk to me. And I tell them the story real quick, and I said, he's on that bus, and I pulled up right next to the bus as I was driving away, and I was 18 inches from the guy. That's the easiest that that process is going to be, wanting it, right? And the the general gist of the the blog was getting that and, and realizing this goal is always, always going to occur somewhere beyond the excitement phase, the honeymoon phase of that idea. I played baseball at the University of San Diego and it was a pretty progressive program. And we had a team, sports psychologist that sort of ingrained a lot of this in my mind formally for the first time, which is, what are the goals? Put them on the wall. Win a national championship. the most sustainable, best expression of leadership is organizational culture.
1: You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, Please keep listening to the OPP or check out naturalstacks.com. All right. Happy Thursday, all you Optimal Performers. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. This week, we've got a cool episode for you. I am in Los Angeles. Got to visit one of my favorite places in the world, Deuce Gym, hanging out with Logan Gelbrick. Logan, thanks for hanging out with
0: us. Thanks for having me on. We got, a, we got the, the real one. I know. We do. We do. So,
1: so if you guys haven't listened to the Bulletproof Conference Hot Seat episode, go back and listen to that one. We had Logan on as a hot seat guest. Uh, in that episode, we had nine people for about four to five minutes each. You got a real short glimpse of Logan. We're going to get him for the full episode this time. I'm in trouble. He's putting out the vibe already um so and that reminds me if you guys are not watching this on video uh, and you want to go to naturalstacks.com you'll be able to see the blog post version of this along with links and resources any of the stuff that logan talks about in today's episode Uh, while you're there sign up for the um, natural stacks newsletter stay in touch with all the cool stuff that we're doing and go to itunes leave us a five-star review let us know how much you like the show Uh, if we read your review on the air We will hook you up with some free stacks. Finally, share the OPP. If you like this, if you enjoy this show, if it helps you, share it with the people in your life, friends and family who will benefit from the things that we're talking about here. So, we'll get straight to Logan. We're lucky enough to catch him. Uh, He's he's got a really busy schedule. He just competed at North America uh, USA Nationals for Strongman last weekend. And next week he's gonna be in Fiji uh, so, guy's busy, he's got a lot going on, and that's only the tip of the iceberg. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't, I don't like the, like, I don't like claiming like, oh I'm so busy, you know, like that's such an easy thing to say, but um, I'm glad to be here with you, so. I, I'm, I'm
1: glad that you're glad, and I'm glad that we can do this. So, yeah. so to catch everybody up, uh, if you're not familiar with Logan, uh, like we said, you run Deuce Gym, which is an amazing community, uh, an amazing facility, amazing strength and conditioning facility in Venice, Uh, California we'll talk a little bit about what you do there but but this is certainly not going to be a a strength uh, X's and O's podcast Um, Logan is a fascinating individual Uh, I follow very few people only for the sake of time Logan is one of the people that I make sure that I keep tabs on what he's got going on because um, you know one of the things that I like about you is one of the things that I'm trying to model in doing that is that you have surrounded yourself with high performers and people who are always doing a lot of cool stuff, bettering themselves, bettering society, um, building communities of other like-minded people. Uh, And that's one of the things that that we talk a lot about on the show. you know quickly to cover all the other stuff that you do you've got original nutritionals a supplement company uh, you're writing a book you've got another secret project that we won't talk about um, <laughs> okay. but you're you're in your words if you don't like to say you're busy you're, you're doing a lot of stuff
0: Doing a lot yeah I'm trying hard we'll there you say. go yeah I'm trying there real go. hard I think we only get one crack at this, you know, and I feel the burden of, uh, you know, I only have 70 years left, yeah. you know, so we got to get moving. Right. How I feel. <laughs> I love
1: it. I, that's that's my attitude, too. So um, I, I really want to dive into that. I want to pick your brain on a lot yeah. of that and, and help our listeners get some of that. Um, before we do that, we were supposed to do this earlier today right? and we didn't because you were a little bit late. Logan did a cool thing today, and, and I, I'm bringing this up because in in some recent podcasts, if you guys haven't listened to these, go back and listen to Vanguard Part One and Two, where we talk about you know not being a liability, being an asset, uh, being more useful as a human. And Logan's gym has a hashtag, and it's Hold the Standard. You're right. And you did that today. You had okay. a chance. You had a chance
0: to not give me that. All right, all right. I like and you that. did. All
1: right. So. He was late because there is a, a thief in the Venice area who has been swiping cell phones. I'm going to let Logan tell the story. But Logan saw it, and he intervened, and he got the guy arrested.
0: That's right. So we have a, a thief on the loose. You know, Venice Beach has a, some flavor, you know, that makes it a beautiful place. But uh, with that flavor can come some interesting characters. And uh, for some time now, there's a, a fancy road up here, which is like this sort of the beach version of Rodeo Drive is Abbot Kinney. It's a shopping road or whatever. And just for like several months now, there's been one particular person that has been just sort of terrorizing the area. And essentially what he does is, you know, he's gets, he gets someone while they're texting or just somebody physically inferior. And he just runs up on them and basically runs them over in Uh, taking their phone and he'll take their phone and steal it and just he's moving so quick and just sort of hits a strategic person that um he hasn't been caught right and so sort of retroactively thinking here what i realized was we apprehended this person today Uh, i didn't know it at the moment that that was what was happening necessarily but long story short i had a meeting earlier at uh favorite coffee spot over here and i was leaving to go to another appointment and uh, on my bike i passed by what i wasn't sure of in the moment was essentially a guy doing that he ran into a some poor woman um and knocked her over stole her phone and kept on running and i sort of noticed the interaction and then the sprint that happened thereafter uh and then this was sort of right in front of me. So as I passed them, uh, some people were like, Oh my God, did he just take your phone? And I sort of just solidified what I thought I saw. And so I've, I followed him on my, on my bike. I was on my bike and, um, I have a, uh, thing with like street justice, I guess <laughs> several times now I've had to put my hands on people that were, you know, being inappropriate, we'll say, in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so this was a chance to fix the situation. And so I sort of followed the guy. And he wouldn't take his hand out of his pocket while he was kind of getting away. So I couldn't discern whether he had a weapon or not. So I didn't make the decision to put my hands on him. I was just kind of keeping him in sight. And um, he was getting away pretty quick. And he came up behind another... Couple women who were walking, and I and I was sort of anticipating him doing this again on his way out, essentially. And if he did, I was in a position, sort of out of his view on my bike, to where I could I could sort of get to him within five seconds, ditch the bike, and put 225 pounds on him, and just kind of get him by surprise. And he didn't. He kept on moving, and so I I, I made a decision that the the smart move. um would be to not put my hands on this guy and just kind of keep him in sight. So I, I called nine one one and um explained what happened while we we're sort of on the move. And he went into the public library, which is like a block and a half away. And so what I'm realizing is this is like his move. Like you can snatch someone's phone in three seconds. In twenty four seconds later, you're you know. Whatever down the road, and he went into the library. And at this point, going into the library, he was he was pretty uh, sketched out. And I think he was putting together that I was not coincidentally around him for the last few blocks. And he changed his outfit, and he came out with like a newspaper that he was super interested in. And he was you know walking away.
1: Well, something that sticks out to me about this is. Like, it didn't dawn on me the first time you told the story as soon as you got back to the gym. But now thinking about it, he had a a change of clothes there. Like, he was planning this. Right. He was planning to go to the library. Totally. It's not not like he stole someone's clothes at the library.
0: Right. Which, you know, we come to find out this is a chronic thing for this guy. He ran in there without a a backpack and he ran out with a backpack. So this is like his move, right? I couldn't have known that in in the moment. But anyway, so I'm on the phone with 911 and i've never really done that whole thing before but you know they're sending people my way and it feels like nothing's going to come of this that's sort of what it feels like it feels like i should just strangle this guy and get this lady's phone back um but anyway he's so he was walking out of the uh library and in a new outfit and i was like no freaking way like this guy is like Knows he's being, he has a move. Like, this is all planned out, you know? And so he starts going uh, eastbound on uh, Venice. And I'm like telling the lady, I'm like, this is crazy. He just changed his clothes. This is for sure the guy. He's pretty aware that I'm here and he's going eastbound. And she's like, all right, well, the police should be there any moment to look out for him. And <clears throat> I'm looking out. I don't see him. Long story short, he makes his way up to like a sort of a major intersection. And I'm kind of staying far enough back that I may lose him at this corner and a bus pulls up at this corner and I'm trying to figure out whether he went right, whether he went straight or whatever. Come to find out as I get close to the corner, he got on the bus, which I'm wondering if the police are even interested in this, whatever. Anyway, the police pull up moments later and I flag them down and they come talk to me. And I tell him the story real quick. And I said, he's on that bus. And I pulled up right next to the bus as I was driving away. And I was 18 inches from the guy. Cause he was sitting in the back seat of this bus. And the guy's like, okay, well, let me see if I can pull over this bus. So he drives up and catches up with the bus. I see the flashing lights or whatever. And he's just, he just says, wait there. Two minutes later, another cop car comes and picks me up. And on our ride over there, he explains that I got to ID this guy. And, uh, it was him. It was him. I ID'd him and they found like a dozen cell phones in this guy's bag and so they're pretty confident that this was the dude. And so my afternoon was derailed a little bit, but... For a good reason. Felt good. Yeah, it felt good. Well,
1: I, yeah. Like I said in the beginning, I mean, you, you had a chance to say, do nothing yeah. and and you chose not to. And I think that that's... It's a very indicative of you know why you're the leader that, that you've become in the community where the the ideal is to hold and raise the standard right so I think that's really cool I think it's it's awesome to see that you know you're actually embodying that and not just by squatting a lot of weight or deadlifting a lot of weight which you can do as as we know from the fact that you competed at strongman nationals last weekend
0: yeah you know I separate of like the business thing it was a cool chance to like do something positive that was just a bystander too but I I, I kind of like accountability right yeah. and you know fitness is a one small c- conversation that you know can speak to that stuff but I don't like the lack of accountability that comes with like sort of petty crime right and so just I find myself in all these scenarios around my my small little bubble of a neighborhood here just not really excited about some like some poor lady just got physically assaulted and got her property stolen and that's a blip on any sort of policeman's radar but you know fuck that dude for, right for you know excuse my French you like can, the, you you know, it so now. it's like uh, that's where I'm at and uh, I so. think that's
1: that's the mindset that I think a lot of people have but very few either right. can or will act in that situation um, right. so I think that's very cool um, so speaking of fitness I think the the extreme of the depth that I want to go into fitness for for the sake of this podcast is a blog post that you wrote about a week or two ago. Um, We'll have a link on the blog post for this podcast, a link to the Deuce Gym blog, where you guys can read the stuff that Logan is writing. But he's a very thoughtful guy, has has a great perspective and great insight onto a lot of common things. And one of the things that you wrote about recently was, um, you know, the fact that our goals usually don't get met until sometime after that initial excitement wears off, and you're referring to the fact that you know we have to embrace the grind, you know accumulate reps, do the work um, you know to trust and enjoy the process. Can you elaborate on on that a little bit for our listeners and maybe give some tips for you know how to see those things through
0: yeah uh I mean uh, the general premise was the idea that like and I talk about this in a number of different ways, you know, talking about the same thing in different ways. And it, the short story is, um, it never really pays to be a front runner, right? The the easy thing to do is to want cool outcomes, you know? And this is maybe like a goal setting conversation as well, but it's like, it's not hard to want great results, right? Like yeah. whether that's who,
1: who doesn't want great, right, results. totally.
0: But like, I think we, we sort of trick ourselves and we're like, Hey, check it out. I got awesome goals this year. I want to do this and I want this and I want that. And it's like awesome. But that's the, easy, that's the easiest it's going to get. You know, I want a Ferrari. I want to be a, uh, I want money in the bank. I want, uh, you know, to have abs or whatever your weird goals are. That's the easiest that that process is going to be wanting it. Right. And the the general gist of the, the blog was getting that and, and realizing this goal is always, always going to occur somewhere beyond the excitement phase, the honeymoon phase of that idea. You know, the creative process is great. Like it's so funny you know, in, in business and all this, I, I, I deal with a lot of like creative people and I, I think I like being creative as well. You know, I, I would call myself a creative person or I would hope to be, but I can't stand when people sit around and just talk about ideas all day, you know, because if I don't feel like there's going to be some action taken, then what are we really doing here? And so I feel like if people can't get out of the whiteboarding phase of what they want, that they're crazy for thinking that something's going to come of it. And so going into your goal, whether it's a fitness goal or whatever, knowing that realizing that is going to come beyond the comfortability of the early days, helps you deal with that brick wall that hits you or those brick walls, many of them hit you in your journey, right? Like newsflash, it's gonna, it's gonna get old. It's gonna, it's gonna become mundane. And that that was one of the things I made reference to was a um, paper on performance. And I'm blanking on the author, but it's a research paper that looked at the performance of high caliber swimmers, competitive swimmers. And I'm borrowing this from Angela Duckworth's work uh, on grit. She's kind of buttoned up, coined that phrase. And she made reference to this paper that highlighted remarkable people with remarkable results are quite unremarkable in their actions right the work is mundane and boring and repetitive and it was just summed up so beautifully in this paper it's like the last paragraph really that uh the author is describing he did all this research in this work and he gave it to his buddy he'd be like me writing a paper and be like hey ryan we look at this take a look and his buddy said this is great and all, but you should spice it up a little bit because all these fantastic athletes, like everything you talked about is like super boring. And he's like, well, that's exactly the point. Right. You know, and, and we're very human nature. We're very distracted by the shiny thing, you know, the excitement of something. But if you're not fully aware that the sort of results you're looking for are going to come with some monotonous dirty, hard repetition, then it's never coming. So let's get clear on that from the start is what I was kind of saying.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, something that you said before that line of questioning, I like accountability. Um, there's a lot of accountability, a lot of personal accountability that has to be built into seeing something through past that excitement phase, right?
0: Totally. I mean, that's the the reality of the, the thing. Um, and the beauty in that is it's a, it's like a ubiquitous understanding like people high achievers can look across the room at another high achiever maybe of a different discipline and there's a mutual respect there because they both realize that no one's pulling a fast one right right there's no accidents right, right? there's no I, I accidentally won this gold medal <laughs> like that doesn't happen you know right. an olympian in fencing can look at an olympian and figure skating and Give the nod and say, yeah. "I get it."
1: It's that saying, "Like recognizes like." Totally, right? You, you, and you respect it. You see it. You know. You can see it in somebody else.
0: And there's a marriage, I think, with performance and this accountability. You know, they're they're never disassociated, sort of by nature, right? They're 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 tethered together. Yeah. And high performing individuals know that.
1: And I like that. That's, uh, I, I've never thought about it that way in the sense that it, I guess. And this is why I said you have such a unique perspective on these things because you can, it, it's something that it's almost like you hear it. You're like, Oh, well, duh. Yeah. Right? We don't, we don't think about it and, and, you know,
0: realize it like that. Well, yeah. And I think it's a, a beautiful thing too. Like we can come on podcasts and nerd about this stuff and talk about whatever, but you know, I always say with a lot of things, you don't need to be an expert in any particular field to understand that. Like there's a reason why we feel the sort of injustice of like unearned success. So like it doesn't work. Like if there's someone who cheats the system, we recognize that like you didn't put in the work. Right. Like what is, what, what was that? Right. You know, and, and it feels wrong. Yeah. Just like quality movement. It's in our DNA to recognize quality movement because it's aesthetically beautiful i don't need to go to like some you know workshop and get all these certifications to recognize like that looked beautiful that's that's why
1: like anybody can go to Cirque du Soleil and be wowed right exactly you you don't have to have a certification or or do what we do for sure in the strength world to, to go to that and realize like that shit's phenomenal
0: yeah you may not understand the complexities of what's happening there or like the sort of deeper sort of mechanical things or be able to cue someone or whatever but like you know any layman can look at um, a faulty squat and just realize that that doesn't look so sexy there's something wrong with that you know
1: Yeah. yeah So you said you know it kind of irritates you when when people can't get past that whiteboard phase and you know the excitement phase is the honeymoon phase so you have okay we have the genesis we have the creative part of it then we have the excitement where they dive in i know you guys have a goal setting class at deuce and, and maybe you have written about this and i haven't seen it but do you have Like, can can you can you outline the rest of that process from start to finish? Uh, Like, what are your names for the next phases and how do our listeners kind of go through that?
0: In my experience, like with goal setting, there's a million ways to assign a strategy for goal setting. So I'm just going to try to, like, generalize here. But beyond the. The curiosity and then the interest and then deciding what the goals are is, one, there's an education thing there. Either you know yourself how to do it or you need to enroll someone, a coach, a leader, some sort of mentor to help fill in the gaps that you are unaware of. But there's some sort of education phase there, whether it's internal or external. And then there's um, sort of a one foot in the other, left, right, left, sort of. Um, process oriented approach to the goal that you have written on the wall like in college you know we were very fortunate I played baseball at the University of San Diego and it was a pretty progressive program and we had a team sports psychologist that sort of ingrained a lot of this in my mind formally for the first time which is what are the goals put them on the wall win a national championship you know certain numbers whatever the goals may be and you you put those on the wall. Now, those goals in and of themselves aren't actionable. Right. Like, I can't write, win a national championship, and then just look at it hard. That's an outcome. It's an outcome. That's that's not something that you can wake up and do. Totally. And we all want these outcomes. So what we, we need to do is sort of like trade or translate that outcome into tangible, process-oriented things like binary steps that you could say yes i did this or no i did not right for example i want to win a national championship in division one college baseball is the goal how do i tangibly sort of fill in the gaps from here to there it's not get better at hitting that that's loose. I, I can't finish the year and say yes or no. I could say, well, maybe, kind of, depends on who you ask. There needs to be a tangible thing, uh, an assignment to X number of quality at-bats per game. And, and without getting too far into the details of baseball, a goal to achieve a quality at-bat is a much more process-oriented goal than, say, get X number of hits. Right. Because hits again are out of my control, but I can go up there and have a quality at bat. Where you're going to put your hands on the work and make the goals real is the process. And that's where we need to live. You know, it's almost like being a result oriented individual is a emotional route that's destined for failure, really. And so it's, it's converting the outcomes you want into a process oriented sort of roadmap. And that is sort of unique to whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, but it needs to be this binary, yes or no, tangible, actionable thing. And then, you know, you keep going one day, yep. front, you know,
1: I love it. Cause I've always said, focus on actions, not on outcomes. And you know, it's, it's easy in like nutrition or, or fitness where instead of saying, Hey, I want to lose Ten pounds this month, because if, if you're only focused on that outcome, what if you lost nine pounds? Well, you're going to be upset because you were, you fell short of that. Right. Um, but even further, like you said, you're you're focusing on something that's really out of your control. If you say, "Hey, the way to do this is to eat a certain way," you know, eat, you know, I'm going to make sure that you know ninety percent of my meals are on the the path that I'm choosing for myself, whether it's ketogenic or intermittent fasting or yeah. you know however it is. You know that, that you're walking the path that you know will get you from where you are to where you want to be
0: yeah exactly and you know it's funny not to like I, I, I'm I'm never one to poo-poo on someone's goals you know but it's like that's the common goal right I want to lose 10 pounds like do you want to lose 10 pounds or do you want to look a different way or do you want to you know what I mean like like let's really dive into what that is and I think oftentimes not always but oftentimes like the weight loss goals are like lazy goals yeah. you know I, I think I you know, I'm want well, to lose 10 pounds I need I need to drop like 10 or 15 pounds like
1: they're the outer layer of the onion you've right. got to peel those layers and get to the what's what's really at it so I, I can't tell you how many times for me it was like a mom or, or a grandmother that wanted to set a better example for their daughter mm-hmm. or you know it, it's it, to me the the way that this was taught was you ask what's so great about that so if you come to me and say I want to lose 10 pounds what's so great about that what right. does that get for you right and it's not a sarcastic what's so great for about sure. that but it's it's take it deeper for sure. And we use that as a way to get to what we would call an anchor or something that will get you out of bed on the days that you don't want to get out of bed. Uh, the thing that keeps you connected to why the why, yeah, Yeah, it's your why exactly.
0: The weight loss thing is funny. There's a recent blog about this as well, where it's like, I, I've, I've never found someone that just wanted to change their relationship with gravity. You know, what I mean, it's it, the why <laughs> is something else. They want to look different. There's a body composition thing. It's like so. That's that's beautifully said. You know why? Well, <laughs> why do you want to lose ten pounds? Because I can. Sh- <laughs> you y- you probably would really enjoy a version of yourself that weighs three pounds more, that is leaner, healthier, faster, stronger, better relationship whatever, with food. Right? You know what whatever. Right. Right. Mean? It's like right? yeah. It's like you know. I I know that if I'm you know. 226 and lean and strong is a, always a better outcome than I've you know I can be 221 and soft you know softer right and and it's like it's often a misguided deal so when when it comes to tangible process oriented goals my bias is always performance I mean I'm if someone came to me and said, you know, I, I want to look a certain way, I would kind of tell them, I don't know how to do that. I'm a performance coach. You will probably like how you look, but here's the deal. I find that most aesthetic goals outside of, I'm ignorant to bodybuilding and physique and all that, but most general population aesthetic goals are best tackled through a performance oriented approach because numbers are real. If you're stronger and more flexible and faster and have greater work capacity, you will probably look like it as well. But if we're gonna train and look in the mirror every day and train and look in the mirror and train, and look in the mirror, that feedback loop is always negative. Yeah. And that's always a failure. You're never gonna like on a Thursday, look in the mirror and be like, yes, I'm here. Right? The mind doesn't <laughs> yeah. work that way. You <laughs> right. know? But if you press more than you pressed last week and your times are better, you know, this is process orientation.
1: Well, you're on the Optimal Performance podcast, so you know we tend to agree with you on that, one. right? So, <laughs> oh uh, yeah. But no, that's that's very well said. I, I really like that. Um, I want to stay on the the mindset um, topic and mm. mindset specifically because yeah. this is a book that I like. Oh yeah. I'm trying to get Carol Dweck on the podcast, so if anybody wow. listening has a connection, please help us f- facilitate that. But at the gym today, I noticed that you had like eight copies of this <laughs> book, <laughs> "Mindset" you're by right. Carol Dweck. On the, bu- on the desk. So if you guys are listening, if you haven't checked out that book, we'll have a link to it uh, on the, the blog post, but definitely check it out. What's the story with so many copies of this book on the, the desk at the gym?
0: I'm so glad you saw that. Um, first of you all... You can't
1: get anything past me, man.
0: Right, yeah. First of all, if, Carol Dweck comes on the show. I want to be sitting front row with like fanboy in it. you know I don't know if she's got a, a baseball card or a poster a Carol Dweck poster, but I need it and i'm gonna I'm gonna fanboy it up. so um we'll get her to send you an autograph. oh my gosh i'm um, yeah I'd go crazy um so yeah, there's a million copies of the book there almost always, and that stack of books goes away and gets replenished often um there's one text that every person that joins the coaches prep program at Deuce gym has to read. And that is uh, her text mindset and uh, coaches prep. a little backstory is the development program that we have at the gym. It's quite thorough to develop coaches, whether they want to coach at our gym or not. We don't hire outside coaches regardless of, how good you are, you got to go through this thing. And so it's interesting that that's the only text that they're asked or they're given, and it's mandatory that they read because it has nothing to do with push ups and squats, but it has everything to do with sort of the operating system that we are all using to navigate the world. Furthermore, it's the operating system that we need to share the space with others right Right. I got to deal with you whether you're a growth mindset person or a fixed mindset person yeah I would prefer to deal with you if you're a growth mindset individual
1: and and if anybody's not familiar with the book that's like the real high level is that basically most people fall into one or two categories fixed mindset or growth mindset and fixed mindset is basically that you don't prescribe to um, you know, the belief that that you can shape your own world, that you can change, that you can grow and develop. Most people who listen to this podcast are of the growth mindset. Otherwise, they probably, probably wouldn't yeah. be into biohacking, nootropics, optimal performance stuff. But probably. that, that but, being said,
0: yeah, I would challenge you or anybody listening that I, I think that many people in certain lanes of their life. I was going to
1: say it's not binary. Yeah.
0: Certain lanes of your life. You may be a growth mindset individual that views those traits and qualities as malleable things that we can improve or degrade. Whereas there are other areas where something in your past or your understanding of the world is quite fixed. You know, like you may be all open to being able to improve your health and well-being, but you may think that you're generally not artistic and you're right. prone toward, you know, whatever. Or like things. your view of finances or exactly. anything. Exactly. Right? And um, where you you can be highly successful with a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, I think it's just important to realize that peak expression of your potential is most facilitated by. A growth mindset right which that we have we have some hands on the controls and that we can improve furthermore that we have responsibility you know of our own expression really
1: yeah so on the topic of books that's the only one that you require your coaches to read in coaches prep are there any books I know you read a lot so are there any books that you would recommend for our listeners
0: oh man but you had to narrow it down to like three or four. Right. Um we could we could <laughs> go inside and look at the deal, the little mini library. Um I am a massive fan, so like Carol Dweck has obviously made a big impact as of late, you know, pretty recently with this, but um massive fan of Nasim Taleb, everything he's written. Um Anti Fragile is sort of his cornerstone thoughts Um, but he started out his writing career in like the main scene I think with Fooled by Randomness which was followed up by Black Swans um, Black Heart or Black Swan or Black Swans Um, and if you don't know anything about this guy basically he's a contemporary philosopher is what I would call him Almost by accident, by trade, he is a options trader, and um, he basically makes nine figures on the unexpected, untrackable, unforeseen events that will forever be a part of our history. And he is very critical of academia. He's very critical of individuals that have influence, and opinions that don't have skin in the game. So politicians are fair game for him. Right. Because he has skin in the game, often financial skin in the game, he, uh, and he's a brilliant guy, don't get me wrong, he uh, sort of has an interesting view of the world, right? You know, you'll have all these academics, and we'll stay with the trading example, traders who would look at all the numbers and data and science about a market and say with 99.9% probability, we can guarantee that we'll see a say, 12% return on this thing. Pretty safe bet. And this is a stereotypical expression of trading in the US where people bet a considerable amount of money to make a little bit with almost 100% certainty. The problem with that is, the only thing that is certain is uncertainty. So what happens is, shit gets weird, 9-11 happens, uh, an economy crashes in Brazil, uh, these unforeseen events occur, and all these academics and all these, um, you know, algorithm heads, put their palms up and say, well, you can't blame us. There's no way we could have foreseen this coming to which he says, you're a sucker because though you couldn't have known the details, what we know is these types of things are guaranteed and to be overextended in this way, call it 0.0001% is a fool's game. And so a, a, a day in the life of trading for him looks like losing hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. And then, one day making 600 million, right? Right. And um, you you can, if you're reading into this, you can see the sort of crossover to life. You know, he explains this brilliantly with the, you know, the story of the Thanksgiving chicken or Thanksgiving turkey, right? And basically what he's talking about is the narrative fallacy. As humans, we understand stories very well. This is part of our evolution. It's the reason why we can communicate, if I asked you right now to memorize 99 random letters of the alphabet in a random order, yeah, no shot. I don't care how many nootropics you're on. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> but if
1: I, but I know how to do it because I know
0: techniques that utilize stories. Potentially, right? right exactly, and there are all those techniques. But that's the point. Exactly, stories. The 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 um, memory experts use this right. thing that you know we're, right. we will later see as a fallacy. Um, but if I, if I told you two English sentences, you could recall the letters in order a hundred times out of a hundred. Right. Right. Without any drugs or special tricks. Right. Right. The beauty in this is it allows us to communicate and share things and memorize things and tell stories and pass on ideas. The problem with this is things can happen to us that are seemingly random and it's our human nature to assign meaning to them. So something happens to you. It's crazy. You, you know, your girlfriend breaks up with you. You, you, know, uh, you get fired from your job. And immediately what do we do is we look back in history and we start to line up the thing that makes that story true. How did this come to fruition? Right. And it's sort of out of our nature to, to admit or um, be willing to say that maybe something just happened. Maybe there wasn't this grand scheme or this story leading up to it. Uh, We can't wait to say everything happens for a reason, you know, and this is his idea. um, Fooled by randomness, um, you know, the Thanksgiving turkey is born and then his first day of life is walking around in the grass. And then at noon, a bell rings and the farmer comes out and puts out feed. This happens again the next day at noon. A bell rings, he puts out feed. And this happens for a thousand days in a row. Now, if the turkey was, you know, a conscious being, he'd bet all his money in the bank that on the day number 1001, that at noon, a bell would ring and some feed would come out. The narrative has spoken. This is a, almost a fact. Right. Well, unbeknownst to the turkey, the 1001st day is. Thanksgiving. And so instead of the bell ringing at noon, the farmer comes out and with an ax off goes his head. Right. And he would be one of these traders palms up saying, well, no one could have foreseen this coming. Right. And so it's just um, an interesting philosophy to sort of separate these stories and potential um, traps of the human mind.
1: So we have some books for you guys to pursue. I'll have uh, links to all those books for you guys on the the blog post for this. So, so many questions to get to. I heard that you could send 42 emails in 10 minutes. (laughs) Or maybe it was phrased like if there was ever a person who could get through all of that, it's Logan. Really? So I want to know some of your secrets to being productive. Our our listeners want to know like. How, like, what What do you do or how can we copy this and, and be more productive, get more done?
0: I, you know, earlier I said there's nobody that's uh, pulling a fast one. I feel like I'm pulling a fast one on this. I don't know who told <laughs> you that, but I'm, I'm not the most.
1: I, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be efficiency with yeah. email.
0: I'm but. Not, yeah. I, I'm not the model for efficiency. I do get a lot done. Um, you know, I have a general answer for this and it's sort of weird talking about yourself, but I remember being 12 years old at a family friend's house. You know, we had a tight knit group growing up of like little league families or whatever and playing pool at the house. And you know, my background's in baseball. I had a, you know, interesting connection with the sport and got quite good at it. And I remember one of the dad's, Saying out loud after a few beers while I was making a shot, I was lining up a shot, you know, corner pocket, whatever. And he was just like mesmerized at how, like, sort of entranced I was at this effort. You know, I'm a relatively young kid. You, know, you sort of stereotype little kids as like not having a good attention span and all this stuff. And I was like dialed in. And Whether I was good at pool is sort of beside the point, but he said out loud something to the effect of like, I've never seen a kid focus that hard like on anything. And he goes, that's probably why, you know, essentially we see what we see. Like I was very sort of asymmetrically talented at baseball. I put in a lot of work to it. But when he said that, I sort of recognized about myself this level of focus and um, I'm very introverted you know and so when I focus on something I'm dumping like massive attention to it and so when I'm writing emails I'm writing emails and I'm banging them out when I'm not writing emails I'm not writing emails I'm doing you know I'm doing something else you know and uh, I don't know what that is I mean it's it's a hyper focus I think
1: we've had People on the show before and, and it's been written about and talked about I think the idea of multitasking is, is almost a fallacy to, yeah, think not that, a thing. to that you can do you, you can only focus on one thing at a time. So to increase your presence and awareness of whatever that thing is that you're doing, do that one thing, knock it out, be done with it, move on to the next thing. Yep. Navy SEALs and, and, and the way that they clear a room is, is always the example that, that sticks out in my head is they don't they don't kick in the door and just start spraying everywhere. Right. They, they pick one target, they take it out, they move to the next one, bam, yeah. next one, yeah. bam, next one, bam. So there's definitely something to be said for that.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of like mental horsepower that I, as I got later in life, realized that not everybody utilizes that. And there's pros and cons, you know, I'm sure. You know, one of the things I'm actually, I, that came up in um, the book that I'm working on is another story where I sort of reaffirmed what was told to me on this game of pool which was, this is before college and before sports psychologists and all these high-level coaches. What I didn't realize was I was probably visualizing way better and more often and uh, with greater diligence than my peers. And I sort of, I don't know why I did this, but I attribute a lot of my success in that sport with it. And I and I realized it on a day that... um I was in my teens at some point, and, you know, I was playing for, in Southern California, you can play baseball all year round, and I played for several club teams at the same time, and it was just a free-for-all, you know, during the summers. And I was a catcher, which is a hard position to fill, and I remember getting a call on like a Wednesday afternoon after school from a coach who essentially needed a favor. They had a game that night at Long Beach State, they needed a catcher, could I make it out? And at the time, I wasn't very good at saying no to adults and whatever, whatever. Uh, I said yes on sort of like a couple hours notice. And in the car ride over to the game, I started feeling sort of like, you know, behind the eight ball, not to use the pool reference again. And then I got to the field, and I'm down on the field just like I've done, you know, thousands of times before. And I felt like naked, like completely unprepared for this. And what I realized was my anxiety was coming from the fact that I hadn't visualized and thought my way through the game that or the efforts that were about to happen that evening the million times that I sort of subconsciously did before, you know? And it takes like a, you know, a rain delay or a rain out or one of these weird scenarios to realize like you're a hyper visual person who's like... You know, by the time you get there, I, I've been there 20 times already, you know. And right. um, and so I recognized that at a young age and then sort of put the pieces together later with the whole more formal sports psychology style.
1: That's a very interesting answer. I like that. I, it, it's not something that we've talked about a lot on the show, but it is interesting that the only other time that I can recall us having this conversation was with, an Olympic volleyball player, Josh uh-huh. Benstock, okay. who played doubles beach volleyball for Team Canada in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that you guys are both athletes, both high-level athletes, yeah. um, it's interesting. I, I, maybe it's pure coincidence. Maybe it's not.
0: Definitely helps. You know, I'm sure there's a million ways to success, but I, I'm i not nearly talented enough to have success without that visualization. So,
1: All right. So here's another question that, a couple people are dying to know, myself included. We want to know your your daily routine. Uh, do you have any morning rituals? Uh, anything that you do repeatedly on a daily basis to to kind of facilitate this performance that that you get?
0: Yeah, I mean, more recently, I've I'm a headspace guy, you know, so I wake up and do uh, some meditation, um, breathing associated with the meditation, and just the simple sort of headspace guided thing.
1: We'll have a link to that app, guys. Um, go to naturalstacks.com uh, on the blog post version of this. We'll put a link to that app for you.
0: Yeah, they're they're Venice guy, guys. Okay. So, uh, you know, shout out to Headspace. And that's been, I've sort of carved that out and made that a priority in my life where it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like maybe this year is probably the first year that I've done it. Okay. And, you know, I'm just realizing that my, it's so interesting. My life has morphed into this like extroverted expression of myself when left to my own devices, I'd be like reading books in a room by myself and that's where I get energy from. Mm -hmm. And so with each kind of developing project in my life, that's demanding this sort of extroversion, it's sort of tapped the well a little bit. And so carving out that time has given me, I think the energy to, to do these things. So that's the one main routine. Um, I make an Americano every morning, and it's uh, a part of my day. Um, I enjoy the experience of coffee a great deal.
1: This is not to interrupt, but it is worth noting that your gym, Deuce Gym, is where, kind of, we could argue that it's, at least Tate Fletcher from Caveman Coffee does argue that your gym is where the butter coffee thing really exploded. If you guys want that story, I'm gonna make you go back and listen to the podcast that we did with Tate and Caveman Coffee Crew, uh, Keith and Lacey, but they all were part of a whole life challenge at your gym. Yep. And that's where everyone was kind of introduced to it. And then Tate was in contact with uh, Dave and yep. Joe Rogan. And
0: Such an interesting that that specifically, like to the moment I can remember, the moment that we so I shared an article with Tate and Lacey um, about this butter coffee thing and hadn't tried it. And I was actually on the phone talking with the people who are now my partners with Original Nutritionals about conceiving the idea of that brand. And Tate pulled up and he sat down at the table with me and I'm doing the like holding my finger up like one second thing because I'm on a call that I can't like talk about whatever stupid shit with him and so he's sitting there like awkwardly waiting for me to finish this call that is like such a big deal i mean this right. is like a big part of my life right. now i couldn't have known it really then and he's got two like sort of shitty you know uh convenience store coffees and like the tabs of butter that you like get at like a <laughs> like a middle grade restaurant right or like a western sizzling or something yeah exact, exactly exactly <laughs> and um he's like dropping them in there and he's nodding at me and we're doing the thing. And like, that was the moment that we I think first tried this, this phenomenon, you know? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So headspace kind of set, do you, do you set your intentions for the day or are you just kind of clearing your head in that?
0: It's time for me to buffer. Like I get stressed when I feel like my p- personal time is like, uh, robbed for me. Yeah. Right. And so I get it, Like, uh,
1: especially with all the business ventures that you have, like you, you wake up and you, there's so many things that you have to do. And a lot of our listeners can relate to that. So I don't yeah. think that it's, nobody's judging you for yeah. that. So. so
0: it's like, uh, it's a buffer. It's especially important for me on days that I coach. So Mondays and Wednesday mornings, I coach the early class at, at Deuce. And for me, coaching, the outward facing experiences I'm I have like not I'm not too emotional I'm a pretty even keel guy but internally I'm it's like I'm Ray Lewis coming out of the f- tunnel the smoke <laughs> like I'm going into coach like with that type of yep effort and I need a buffer to sort of store up some energy, some little Mm -hmm. introversion juice, right? And that's really important.
1: It's interesting. I don't, I don't know that I've heard many people discuss that before. And I've actually written about it on our newsletter before Uh where I'm an introvert too. And so a lot of the stuff you're saying I can relate to and, and as as I've been a, a gym owner and a coach, I can totally relate to. It's a great analogy. Ray Lewis on the inside, yeah. But on the outside, I'm still like a pretty mellow, chill coach. Like I'm not the, yeah. I'm not a boot camp like no, drill sergeant in no. your face. Like no. I'm not a cheerleader. No. Um, but on the inside, it is still that Ray Lewis. And and I've written about when I travel and go to events or conferences. Mm-hmm. Like it's a blast and it's fun. But on those days, like, I have to start my day with some uh, 30 minutes or or, or an hour, preferably, of, like, just me. Yep. Or if I can just go take a walk and put in my headphones and just be with myself. And uh, as an introvert, I get it. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of people are introverts. So hopefully that helps some people.
0: For sure. I think it's good, regardless if you're more extroverted or introverted, to, like, have some ability to cross over and do yeah. the other thing, right. you know, to get some sort of like balance and expose yourself to some things that will help you grow. You know, I I, I, talk, I uh, talked to some kids at a career day, actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, and one of the things that sort of being at a school like that reminded me of, and this is so ironic, is like from elementary school and I have distinct memories as late as high school of public speaking just nightmares you know you know I I uh I I was a good student I I did some you know some things in the classroom you know I could get you some good grades I will cry tears ball my eyes out in front of my peers if I have to speak in front of the room and I remember this as early as we had to like recite poems in like third grade is like when that started fourth fifth grade up through some presentations in middle school even in high school you know uh, like ranked first in class four point whatever gpa and it's like just don't make me talk don't make me speak in front of these people and now that's all i do you know it's like all i do is talk to people and Whatever, and so you got to challenge the other side of your personality, right? You know, I I I believe.
1: Was there something, or or can you pinpoint something that helped you get over that? Because as you were saying that, I'm like, the 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 juxtaposition of then and now is is not lost on me. Because I know last time I saw you, you had just gotten back from teaching seminars for CrossFit Strongman in Europe. Yep. So I mean, you you are like you just said, you're constantly in front of people. You're constantly sharing information, talking to people.
0: Yeah, I outgrew it. Yes. It's interesting. I remember, you know, word I think got around my little neighborhood and, uh, my best friend at the time, his dad sort of pulled me aside, you know, I think in middle school and he was like, he's trying to encourage me, you know, and, uh, he knew I had some presentation to give and was probably just freaking out, ruining my whole week thinking about it. And he goes, you know, when you're out there playing, doing your thing, you know, hitting, playing baseball, like, you don't think about the other people, right? You know, and I said, no. And you can play in front of a lot of people, right? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you know, it's kind of just like that, you know, and that didn't help at all, <laughs> like at all, you know, <laughs> like it, it, it was not a good example. But I do remember the moment where I shifted my mind about it. And when I realized that uh, I think we're susceptible to turning public speaking into something that it's not, was like the game changer because in my head I was turning a, a conversation in front of my peers into a state of the union. I'm not the president. This is not a this is this is a conversation. We're talking about, you know, we're debating um, some amendments in middle school or something like this, you know. And so the moment that I treated it like a conversation then I could be me and then be in the room with the people and whatever. And so for me, that was everything. So that's what I do now. When I get in front of a class and I'm coaching class, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to them. We're, we're having a conversation and it's not a presentation. There's no suit. I have no tie. There's no teleprompter. I'm not giving the state of the union. I'm not building it up to something that it's not, you know? And so I think that allows me to play into my personality and sort of, Downplay things disarm the situation for everyone involved myself included So that that that's what helped. not like pretending everybody's naked or that You know, it's like a baseball game. It's such a weird
1: yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I like it. We, we got some public speaking tips on the optimal performance podcast Yeah, um, talk to So one more question before we wrap it up um, You have built an amazing community around you with your personal network your friends, but also with the gym, with Deuce. Um, You guys have a sign at the gym that says, um, you know, strict enforcement. You don't have to lift or or exercise to kick it. Um, Which we were joking today is is like, it's kind of like an invitation to come hang out. Yeah. But the the caliber of person who gravitates towards Deuce is unlike what I've seen. And and I've seen quite a few gyms. Uh, I get to travel a lot. It is a very special place what tips do you have for our listeners to i don't want to say filter out the the crazy people yeah. and the assholes but yeah. you know how do you, how do you create a, a community around you personally and you know with with any community that you may be trying to build where you have these positive people who are you know maybe growth mindset oriented
0: yeah yeah i think that's a, a right on observation um this is the, if you could bottle this, it'd be priceless, right? You right. know, how do you, how do you sell that? Um, I, first of all, I'd, I'd like to say that what's happening there at the gym and that filter that you're sort of speaking of is real. And um, that's not a me thing. That's not me. That's, that's a, and this is an important note because what I always say is the most sustainable, best expression of leadership is organizational culture. Okay, so that transcends excellent and an excellent leader because even if an excellent leader can sit at the top and we can go old school, you know, um, you know what would have been a prevailing, I think, consciousness and like, you know, um, much earlier in the century, this sort of hierarchy of of roles,
1: like a straight up and down chain of command,
0: right? That's old school. We're we're beyond that, you know. We actually have a goal to become the highest expression of an organization that there is. And research goes on to say that in our current level of consciousness, the highest expression would be nicknamed like a teal organization, and this would be described as um, an organization that is an organism in and of itself. All right. So there's no like top down leadership. There's no formal roles. Like I don't have a you know, business card that says like CEO on it. There's no like director of marketing. There's no whatever. Like we have things that we do, but there is an ebb and flow inside of the organization that is just like a living, breathing thing. And we can react and adapt and improvise just like uh, a living organism would in nature. And that is because our culture, I believe, is so strong that it transcends any one person. You know, the idea with the gym was to create something bigger than yourself. Right. But I don't mean that in a esoteric way. I just mean the idea of Deuce Gym hold the standard, a place in everyone's life that means sort of idealism means that all the people inside it need to play up always like there's no one that's like nailed it everybody's on notice we are here to be the best expression of ourselves and that sort of culture polices itself yeah i there's no podium where like someone me or anybody else is like whacking a hammer and they're like guys we need to be better about the trash in the yard like there's none of that that's old school this isn't the 50s anymore man like this is an organization that um, everyone can be empowered. We can shift our, our purpose. It's called like evolutionary purpose, right? And we are not constrained by hierarchy, right? You mentioned Navy SEALs. We talk about this all the time. Parts of the reasons to, to live as an organization of this caliber is because it performs the best. Military is a very old school structure. It's a bureaucracy, there's a lot of hierarchy, there's a lot of titles, and sort of rigmarole around how things work, but the special forces don't operate that way. Right,
1: right? have you read Extreme Ownership? Absolutely. I was gonna give that to you as a gift
0: after this, Absolutely. if you hadn't. I have, yeah, but yeah. I figured you would love that book. I do love it. And, and it's a great place to hear a lot of what I'm about to say, which is like, you got a team leader, and you got maybe some senior guys, or whatever, but when you kick in the door, like you said earlier, If the plan that was passed down in the meeting from chief was there's going to be three guys on the bottom floor, there's two hostages upstairs, if you kick in the door and everything's different, you don't tiptoe back like Homer Simpson (laughs) in the meme and just say, hey boss, there's actually no one downstairs, I'm pretty sure there's explosives, I don't see any hostages, and oh, by the way, we're being surrounded by insurgents. There's no time for that. You kick in the door. It doesn't matter what your name is or what your title is. You adapt, improvise, overcome, and it's time to go now. And you're making moves. And you're making moves that are guided by the culture and the ethos of the organism that you're a part of. But that SEAL team is a fucking living, breathing thing that can't wait for stupid formalities of like, you know TPS reports and fucking swingline staplers. You know it's like all
1: right. We got we got the Simpsons, <laughs> extreme ownership and office space oh, in yeah. the same paragraph. So um, good, but no that that thing that that, that came into my head as you were giving your initial answer. But I think in, in the book, the way Jocko describes that in Leaf, it's they're calling that decentralized command.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We 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 say in another sort of similar way to express that I think it's in like the seal motto not that we're trying to be seals or we think we're like that or whatever but is like uh ready to lead ready to follow you know we cannot be the excellent organization I think that we are and that I think that we can become if people are looking around waiting for some sort of orders Right, let's get to it. yeah, that's and the
1: accountability that you talked about earlier, or the ownership or whatever. I mean it's yeah,
0: yeah, and it's sort of like a there's a pendulum here, like with ultimate freedom comes freedom, it's beautiful, but comes ultimate accountability. Mm-hmm. You're so free in our organization to do whatever you want and spend whatever money you want and make decisions that that's cool. you know you don't have to like go to a boss or whatever, but with that comes ultimate responsibility. If you can't put out, execute with some excellence or make quality decisions, then the group is going to kind of spit you out, you know, but we are going to empower and trust the hell out of each other to go out and and do your thing, you know.
1: Have you read the, there's a slide deck from the Netflix um, company? I don't know how they used it, but it was uh, talking about their, I don't know what their original purpose or intent was with it, but it's some kind of presentation or that the Netflix people gave. If you haven't seen it, I will email it to you I don't think so. for you guys listening. It's really, really cool way to look at uh, an organization. I will put a link to that on the blog post with the show notes for this. Oh, cool. And I'll send it to you too, Logan. Cool. Um, I know you have some stuff to get to. So last two questions. Yeah. Number one, where can our listeners get more of you?
0: Man, I'm on the internet functional coach on Instagram and Twitter. I like to interact with people on there. So shoot me a note or something like to put out good content. Deuce Deucegym, dot com has a blog every day. There's thousands of them. And I don't know, not toot my own horn, but I, I tell our students, you know, just to like whack them over the head with how much I believe in this, that they would be better off never coming to the gym and reading the blog every day <laughs> than coming to the gym sometimes and not reading the blog. Like you can't unknow... The knowledge right right so once you know you're you're married to that thing and so we crank out some cool stuff shoot man I mean come visit us here in Venice reach out logan at deucegym.com you can email me Facebook the whole thing
1: okay we'll put links to all that on the uh, website as well for you guys so go to naturalstacks.com see the blog post of this we'll have links to all that final question I can't wait to hear these your three tips to live optimal if you could only tell your students or, or anybody three things to enjoy their best life what do you got
0: you have to seek mastery and I'm um, mastery is an all-encompassing word right now but I'm saying the highest expression of yourself and the reason why I say that is uh, it's forever relevant right so if you say that today it's challenging and hard and a lot, and if you say that 50 years from now, same thing. Um, And just that simple premise will put you on journeys that will live a most fulfilled life in any way possible, and will teach you the lessons that I really believe you can only learn by reaching for the highest sort of expression of yourself, you know, it's only available that way. Number two. I think you got to laugh at yourself. This is one that I'm reminding myself of all the time. There was a moment where in college I it was during batting practice and I was getting into the, they call the turtle hitting on the field batting practice before the game and there was a ball underneath the mat and I slipped, did like a backflip and fucking flat backed myself. <clears throat> and I had this like resting bitch face all the time when I was playing baseball. So serious. And, uh, our pitching coach was right there standing outside the the net, and he goes, "Really, you're not going to laugh at that. <laughs> you're going to take yourself that seriously. like won't you cool it? you know and uh it was a cool like ego check, yeah. you know like and that's something I think that we're trying to say all the time in the gym is like, let's not miss the point here, people. like it's not that serious, right? And so if you can laugh at yourself, that's great the last one I'm really big on self-respect you know and I think everything that's corny is true and so if this sounds corny then it just means it's true if you don't thoroughly love yourself you got no chance loving somebody else or anything else or navigating this world with any you know real ease or quality and so you've got to have self-respect and love yourself and from there anything's sort of possible
1: awesome so those are three of the best that we've gotten on here. Shit, man,
0: you put me on the spot.
1: I was nervous. That's awesome. Uh, Logan, thanks a lot for for taking some time and and chatting with us. Thank you. Thanks for all the the awesome information. Um, Thank you. For you guys listening, thanks a lot for for spending some time with us today. Go to naturalstacks.com to see the uh, blog post for this along with links and resources. Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the show. And please share this uh, podcast with anybody you know who will benefit from and enjoy the things that we are talking about on the show till next thursday thank you guys for listening that's it
0: thank you man that's cool awesome thank you man